All right, so here we are. It's Easter, and uh, for many of us, Easter meant Easter baskets. I have a, a crowd of young people here on the front pew who shared with me different things that they got from Easter baskets. Now, I don't know if you had Easter baskets growing up. I did. And, and uh, not good, not bad, but I enjoyed Easter baskets. Still do. And I'm hoping that there's an Easter basket waiting for me when I get home. Uh, but uh, I love Easter baskets. One of the things I love from Easter baskets are lollipops. You like lollipops? Don't you love lollipops? Just love lollipops. And since y'all are here on the front row, I'm going to give y'all some lollipops. And Okay, there you go, lollipop, lollipop, oh, lollipop. <laughs> lollipop. Thank you. Boom, boom, boom. Y'all know that song? Oh, and I don't want to forget the balcony. The balcony gets left out sometimes. Now, I'm going to throw this up here, but you got to share. Okay? You got to share. All right, share. Okay. Now, Here's the thing about lollipops. I love lollipops. I gave all, oh, I have one left. Um, I love lollipops, but here's what I know about lollipops. You cannot make a meal out of lollipops. You can try, and, and I've tried, but they don't make a meal. A lollipop is fun, but it will never, ever satisfy the hunger of your tummy. No matter how many lollipops you try, it will not satisfy the hunger of your tummy. In the same way, you and I, as we go through life, we look for little lollipop moments or lollipop events or lollipop relationships that will seek to satisfy a hunger that it is not equipped to satisfy. We try from, we, we move from one lollipop moment to the next lollipop moment to the next lollipop moment, thinking that maybe, just maybe, this dum-dum is going to satisfy me. That's what I tell the girls, my daughters. That dum-dum will never satisfy you, baby. Um, I was, that, that's what that's called. It's a dum-dum. Now, we, we move from a lollipop moment to lollipop moment to lollipop moment. And y'all realize when I say lollipop moment, I'm talking metaphorically, right? We move from from this thing that we think is going to satisfy us. Perhaps, perhaps you're longing for a community or, or intimacy, and so you find a relationship, and, and you think that relationship is going to satisfy the hunger of your heart. And it might be a good relationship, but even the best relationship cannot satisfy the hunger of your heart. And if it's a bad relationship... If it's a relationship that's built upon the wrong principles and the wrong foundation, not only will it not satisfy you, it will leave you feeling sickly. We move from lollipop moment to lollipop moment, and we, we, we begin to look at these different lollipops as though they're the secret to my satisfaction. We think, oh, if, if I could just get ahead in business, or if I, could, if I could just make a new friend, or if I could just find a connection in my community uh, with someone, then, then I'm going to be satisfied. But friends, lollipop moments will never satisfy the hunger of your heart. As we come here today and we look at the, the message of Christ, 
him crucified and raised from the dead, we begin to understand really what will satisfy. You see, uh, the, the premise, the, the point of us being here is not a religious duty. The point of us being here is not just curiosity. See, the reason I'm here and the reason many of us have gathered is because we really do believe that only Jesus can give us a life without any missing parts. Only Jesus can give us a life without any missing parts. As we come to the end of the Gospel of Mark, we're looking at Jesus, who is the Lord of all. At the end of chapter 15, he's dead. He's buried. He's in the tomb. In Mark chapter 16, the, uh, the, the, the story goes that, that there were three women, Mary, Mary, and Salome, who got up early in the morning. They went to the tomb where Jesus was, and they went to, uh, uh, to, to, to do kind of a last service to him. They were going to anoint his body for burial. Uh, they were going to take spices and perfumes and prepare him for death. It's, it's like a, a, a mobile funeral home. And, and they had determined that they were going to go to that tomb, which was a dead end. You think about it. They had invested at least three years of their life following after Jesus, and now he is gone. They went to that tomb not expecting to find anything but a dead body. Their hopes have been dashed and crushed. Their future now is uncertain. The things that they had done in the last three years seem pointless. So when they get to the tomb, they were concerned about the stone that was in front of the tomb and how they were going to roll it away. They approach the tomb and the stone's already rolled away. They go to investigate and as they look into the tomb, they see a young man there. And that young man is an angel, the messenger from God. Now look at verse 6 of Mark chapter 16. In verse 6, the angel sent by God was to give them a message that would move them from the pointless to the purposeful. A message that would move them from a dead end to a new beginning. And it's a message that we can receive today that will move us from the pointless to the purposeful. That will move us from a dead end to a new beginning. Listen to what the angel said. Verse 6, he says, Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Look at the place where they have laid him. Now, as we break apart this one message, this one simple sentence today, we begin to understand a little bit more about ourselves. And my hope is that you begin to understand a little bit more about yourself. That we begin to understand how that we can today move from pointless to purpose. How that we can move from dead end to new beginning. How we can move from despair to hope. From dark to light. From death to life. Jesus... Jesus is the only one who can give us a life without any missing parts. And, and a life without any missing parts is really what we long to have. The reason we keep chasing after these lollipop moments is because we think this lollipop is going to fit a certain missing part that we have 
in our soul. And so we go from lollipop to lollipop, oh, lolly, lollipop, hoping to find something to satisfy us. But only Jesus can fill up our heart and our soul in such a way that we are satisfied forever. And we no longer need the lollipops. How does he do it? Well, before we get to how how he does it, let's look at ourselves. We're on a search. See, you and I are on a search. We're like the women who came to the tomb and the disciples who followed Jesus. They were on a search. They were on a search for something beyond the grave. Jesus is dead. Their hopes have been crushed. They are filled with despair. They are living in the pointless. They're existing in a dead end. And they, they need help. They're on a search for something beyond. And maybe you're here today and you're on that kind of search. You're, you're on a search for something beyond. I, I don't know uh, as many people as we have here this morning, and, and, and uh, we, we had people at the 6 o'clock uh, gathering last night and at the 8.30 gathering uh, last night, and then again at the 8 o'clock uh, gathering this morning. Right now, we have a gathering here. We have a gathering at Chesapeake. We have a gathering across the street at Crossroads, and, and, and it's awesome. I mean, it's exciting, but uh, of, of the 1,000-plus people who have gathered with us already, here's what I know. I know you and I will fit in one of two categories, okay? You are either a person that goes to church a lot or not, okay? And so you, you and, and, and then there, there are those, those uh, points in between. Some of us, we, we don't know much about this church thing, don't care too much about this church thing. It's not a big deal to us. And then there are some who, man, I'm at the church all the time. I've been raised in the church. I, I'll probably die in the church. I was born next to the church. Church, 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 church. And so you have people here today, bunch of church stuff, and then people here, not much. And you look at those two groups of people, and, 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 and you can't tell by the faces around here who, who fits into what category, but here's what I know. I know that we have a lot in common. You might not think that. You might think that the people that, go, that, that don't have much to do with church don't have a lot in common with people have a, who, who have a lot to do with church. You might think, man, those are two totally different types of people, but the truth is we have a lot in common. Whether, whether you're in church a lot or not, we all share some basic searches. We, we all desire certain things. And one of the things that we desire is, is to have significance and meaning and purpose. And that's not a uniquely Christian concept, if you're uh, skeptical about the whole Christian thing. It's not a uniquely Christian concept to, to, to search for meaning and purpose. What do you think Socrates was all about? Or Plato. Aristotle. These cat daddies, they lived their life trying to answer the basic question, what's the meaning of this life? They, They spent all their time thinking about it. 
Whether you go to church a lot or not, you and I are in the same boat. We are searching for meaning in our life. We want to move from pointless to purpose. Here's something else I know about us. We, we, We all have something, a lollipop moment that we wish we didn't have. We we all have those moments in our life that we look back with regret and shame and pain and sorrow and guilt. There's not a soul in this room who doesn't have one of those nasty, ugly lollipop moments in your past. And the truth is, we're on a search, not just to move from pointless to purpose. We're on a search to try to escape that bad lollipop moment. See, here's, here's what I know about bad lollipop moments. We begin to define who we are based upon what we did back then. We we begin to see ourselves through the lens of those bad lollipop moments. We begin to believe that our identity is defined by our history. And our history determines our destiny. We begin to believe that those things that fill us with a sense of sorrow or shame or regret or pain or guilt from yesterday. Define who we are and determine where we're going. And we desire to move from guilt to forgiveness. We all want to escape the guilt and the shame of our bad lollipop moments. Now, I say bad lollipop moments. Can I just go ahead and tell you what the Bible calls that? The Bible calls that sin. And again, you might not buy into the whole sin concept, but everybody here would have to say, I think, there's something that I've done that I'm not proud of. There's something in my yesterday or maybe even my today, that I'm ashamed of. And again, you don't have to call that sin. That's what the Bible calls sin. But you don't have to call it sin. But that's what the Bible calls it. Sin, in essence, is anything that we have done or will do that, that is contrary to God's character. It, it's, it's something that brings displeasure to his heart. So here we are, we're on a search. We're we're trying to move from from pointless to purpose. We're trying to move from the dead end to a new beginning. From despair to hope, from dark to light, from death to life. We're on a search. Now, I, I, I I want you to maybe write down in the margin of Mark... 16 verse 6 maybe write down in the margin 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 
See, on this search, one of the passages that, that just, man, just comes alive for me is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And that verse says simply this, if anyone, let me stop with the anyone. I looked up the Greek and any, uh, the, the, anyone in the Greek, and, and, uh, and, and I did a word study on that word anyone. And you know what that word anyone in the Greek really means? Anyone. Anyone, somebody of us, no matter the history, no matter the crime, no matter the flavor of the lollipop that we have, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things become new. Now, here's the promise that we can have today that through a connection with Jesus... We can move from pointless to purpose. We can move from dead end to new beginning. So how does Jesus accomplish this? Well, let's go back to the message of the angel. Remember, the angel's telling the the ladies, here's how you move from pointless to purpose. Here's how you can move from dead end to new beginning. It's the person of Jesus. He, He says, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, and then he adds this phrase, who was crucified? Now, what's the meaning of crucified? Well, certainly it means Jesus was killed, but why? And perhaps at this point, the the ladies had been, and the other disciples had had been thinking, why did Jesus have to die? Jesus who was perfect in every way. Jesus who did miracles. Jesus who showed us what God's love was all about. This Jesus that we loved. He's dead. Why? Why was he killed? I mean, Jesus had told them already. You flip a few pages back to Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus said that the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, the Son of Man. For the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life, here's the word, a ransom For many. Now, to pay a ransom means that Jesus was going to pay the ransom to set us free. And the price tag of that ransom to set us free from our captivity was his own life. See, when Jesus died, he wasn't just dying a criminal's death. He was dying in our place on a cross for our bad lollipop moments. And it's through his death on a cross that Jesus offers us forgiveness. Here's here's Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He was crucified because we had sinned. All the ugly of my yesterday was put upon Jesus. All the crimes that I had done, will do, or will ever do were placed upon him. Jesus unveiled this amazing love that said, I'm going to love you in spite of you. I'm going to love you in the midst of your bad lollipop moments. In fact, Jesus said, I'm going to take all of them bundled up and I'm going to pay the price that will release me from the guilt of those bad lollipop moments. Here's how Jesus offers us forgiveness. By paying the price that forgiveness demanded. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Ephesians 1, 7. He said, in him, in Jesus, we have redemption, which is rescue. 
We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. The prophet Isaiah said that God laid upon Jesus our crimes, our iniquities, our bad lollipop moments. Here's how forgiveness can come to you and to me. A forgiveness that that doesn't hold on to the sting of the crime. Perhaps, perhaps we need to talk about this forgiveness a little bit because it's hard for us to have a concept of forgiveness that is absolute. See, if, if, if somebody comes up to me and slaps me in the face, I might say to them, I'll forgive you. Stan, the other day when you slapped me in the face, I, I forgave you right there. Just kidding. He would never do that. Somebody comes up and slaps me in the face. I might say, I forgive you. And in my heart, I may really want to forgive you, but you know what happens? The sting of the slap does not disappear. I remember. I say I forgive you, and I might even try to act like I forgive you, but, but the forgiveness that we know is the forgiveness that most often holds on to the sting. But that's not the kind of forgiveness that Jesus offers. See, Jesus offers a forgiveness that remembers the sting no more. It's a forgiveness that wipes the slate clean. There are no more lollipop moments, (coughs) bad lollipop moments for us. Jesus has already taken the price tag so that we can be forgiven forever. We want to move from a dead end to a new beginning. We must have forgiveness. You're here today and you are racked with guilt, overwhelmed with shame, the pain of yesterday. Here's the good news. Jesus offers you a life without any missing parts because he offers you a forgiveness that wipes the slate clean, erases the guilt. Jesus offers us forgiveness And Jesus offers us life, new life, instead of death. Again, look at the message that the angel said to the women. He said, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. And then these three words, he is risen. He's alive. He's not here. He's not dead. He is alive. Jesus has conquered death itself. Today, we come to this place and and, and we think to ourselves, how can we have a fresh start? How can we have a new beginning? Friends, that's what Jesus died and rose again to offer us. The resurrection of Jesus declares the defeat of every dead-end moment of our life. The dead-end moments are pictured supremely by death. It's hard to imagine a more dead-end moment than death. And Jesus came, and when he died upon the cross, he went to war with the devil, with darkness, with evil, and with death. And he won the victory. Jesus went to battle, not for himself, but for us. So that he might offer us a new beginning, a fresh start, a new life. Again, listen to what Paul wrote in in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, 
He is a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Here's the promise for us. Jesus rose again so that we might live. He rose again so that we might have new life. So that there are no more dead ends for us. Friends, Easter changes everything. It changes everything. If God can raise Christ from the dead, what can he do in our lives today? When we look at the empty tomb, we see the victory that God has brought according to his great mercy. We see the empty tomb and we envision a life that is filled with his power that overcomes every dead-end moment that we, that we might face. Here is the, the victory for us. It's, it's not in what we achieve. It's not in what we do. It's what Jesus has accomplished for us. He says, I died and I rose again. I killed sin and I killed death. I gained the win and I offer the win to you. Here we can live. We can live for eternity in the embrace of God. We can live a life where heaven touches us every day. And we're satisfied completely in him. This morning... Again, I don't know how you've been trying to deal with moving from pointless to purpose or how you've been trying to deal with moving from dead end to new beginning. But I do know that only Jesus can take you on that journey so that you arrive at the destination you so desperately desire. He is risen. He is risen and he offers us the victory. He is risen and he offers us this wondrous, powerful, life-giving, life-unleashing, soul-satisfying love. He offers it to you today. But the only way that you and I can experience life instead of death, the only way that we can experience hope instead of despair, the only way we can move from darkness into the light The only way we can go from pointless to purpose, from dead end to new beginning, is through a relationship with Jesus, connection with him. Again, listen to what Paul said. He said, if anyone, no matter your bad lollipop moments, no matter the flavor of your lollipop, if anyone is in Christ... 
He is a new creation. In Christ. That's a pretty powerful phrase used throughout all of the New Testament. In Christ. It means that I'm immersed in Christ and Christ is immersed in me. It means that that I'm in a relationship, in a connection with Jesus that cannot be broken. It means that Jesus is so consumed me and I'm so wrapped up in him. That my thoughts, my words, my actions, my passions are simply a reflection of his. In Christ means relationship. And we must have that relationship if we're going to experience the forgiveness and the life that we long to have. Imagine it like this, and, and if you would for a moment, I, I have uh, four daughters and, uh, and, and uh, a wife, and, and I have a female cat and a female dog. <laughs> My oldest daughter brought home three of her friends, uh, so this weekend, uh, we, uh, we had, she brought home three of her friends from college, and so this weekend we've had, um, that's four plus three plus one plus one plus one. I should have spent the night up here last night. That's all I'm saying. I, lots of women. It takes a real man to live in a house full of women like that. I'm just saying. I'm, not, I I'm just saying, right? Suppose I'm laying in bed. It's 1230 at night. Midnight or past, and I'm, I'm snoring. I mean, I'm gone. You know, I'm, I'm out. All of a sudden... One of my daughters bursts into the room crying, Daddy, Daddy, help me. Oh, immediately, I jump up and I say, Baby, come here. Tell me what's wrong. Who did this? What's his name? (laughs) And baby, what's wrong? Tell me. I'm going to fix it. Let me help you. She has permission. She has the right to burst into my room no matter what hour, no matter what time and come to me and ask for help and I'm going to help because that's what daddies do. I'm her daddy. She's my daughter. She's my daughter. I'm her daddy. We live in relationship. But it's 1230 at night. Lights are out. I am snoring. I'm gone. And you come busting up in my room. (laughs) And you bust into the door and you say, Daddy, help me. It's at that moment I exercise my Second Amendment right. (laughs) Think about it. At the very least, I call the police. See, we're not living in that kind of relationship. I mean, we might hang out together every now and then, but we don't have a relationship where you come busting up my room at 1230 saying, hey, daddy, come help me. That's called stalking. (laughs) Relationship makes all the difference. This morning... If you want the help 
you want to move away from a lollipop type life and be satisfied forever, you must have relationship with Jesus. The Bible tells us that we enter into relationship with Jesus when we repent of our sin, when we believe on him, then we can receive the forgiveness and the new life he offers. Really, it's a commitment where we cross the line of faith and we become a follower of Jesus, where we, we say, yes, I repent of my lollipop moments and future lollipop moments. I stop depending on lollipops to satisfy me. I'm going to repent of my sin. I'm going to believe on Jesus. I'm going to believe that Jesus died in my place for my sin upon a cross to bring me forgiveness. That Jesus was raised from the dead to give me new life. I believe on Jesus. So Jesus, will you forgive my sin? Will you give me life? And in that moment when we cross the line of faith, make a commitment to become a follower of Christ, the Bible tells us that we move from pointless to purpose. We move from dead end to new beginning.